0: everybody. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and a higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, spirituality, relationships, and our happiness. And nowadays, we're facing a big challenge with the uh, coronavirus. People are staying home more, more isolated, and even lonely. Even in marriages, people are feeling lonely. And one of our missions at Love University is to help eradicate loneliness by the year 2025, through our community building and helping people. And even when you're married or in a couple... There are issues that can come up, for example, spending a lot of time together. People are are having to spend more time maybe than they're used to, not working as much. And people are having more conflicts. They may realize that they're not as compatible as they thought. So with all that, we're bringing in two very special guests today that's going to help us kind of unravel the whole love, relationship, marriage dynamic. We have here Susie and Otto Collins, who are married spiritual partners for life. They're a breakthrough relationship, coaches, authors, and speakers. They have been featured on Huffington Post, Marriage Magazine, Yahoo Shine, and eHarmony. And their motto is, love is your natural default. Welcome, Otto and Susie, to the show.
1: Thanks, Alan. It's, it's so great to be with you and uh, so, so great that you've uh, invited us on to you know share some ideas with your uh, audience. Yes. And we're just grateful to be here. Definitely, definitely.
0: Now, the term default, when I think of the word default, I think of an automatic mechanism, things that you fall back into automatically. And I'm thinking that love would be great, but I'm thinking a lot of people fall back into self-interest and self-concern more than love. So how does that happen? How do you create a love as a default mechanism?
2: Well, we know that that is what happens so much is people get together and they're, you know, they fall in love and it's so exciting and wonderful. And then reality hits all those differences and they start Doing this, hitting, of hitting each other, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, and and we're saying that it doesn't love doesn't have to be a struggle because it's really what's underneath all that. Yes, and and when we when we allow our busy minds to just settle, then then we can get to that point that's always there, that's always running through us.
1: You sense. see, one of the things that that I've seen in my world and what I try to. Do when I'm working with our with my coaching clients and the people that I talk with is that our nature is love. You know, that's our nature. That's that's our true core essence. But what happens is we have all this thinking that gets in the way of that. You know, a thought that we believe about how we're how we separate ourselves from our partners, how we other people in our life maybe how you know we're superior to them inferior to them all kinds of different things and that creates distance and separation but we believe that the default is love I like that so uh, love could be an automated mechanism that we can get
0: programmed, or maybe it is already programmed. We need to activate it. We need to get it out there. Now, you guys have a, you have a fascinating story I want to get to. Now, Otto, you basically, I think you said when you were, your child was seven, years, eight years old, you came and told your wife at 15 years, I want a divorce. And then around the same time, Susie, you did the same thing to your husband of 30 years. And then a couple of months later, you guys met and you call it a soulmate experience or something. Uh, You've been married, happily married for 23 years. Now, this is a fascinating story, but some people might think, well, you guys didn't wait very long. That could be a rebound marriage. (laughs) Didn't you guys need to heal yourself first? So how did that happen with you guys?
2: Well, you know, it did seem really like, oh, this made no sense because I'm 16 years older than him, Hmm. too. And that, that came into the whole thing. And what we decided was that, you know, if we approached this union, this relationship, the same way we did our marriages, yes. they would end, this would end up the same way that our marriages ended up. Yes. And so we, from the very beginning, said, okay, what are we going to learn here? How are we going to learn to talk to one another, be with one another differently, so that that normal, you know, that love that's always inside comes out.
0: Well, you think you guys should have waited more time or you think uh, two, three months? Uh, how long were you guys dating before you got married?
1: Well, we, uh, there was probably only about four months wow. be- between the time that I left my first marriage yes. till when we actually began um, moving in together. Okay, so and it's a one courtship. Uh, do you recommend that? or does we, that
2: didn't, we didn't get married for a year.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. But you got together yeah.
0: pretty quickly after, I yeah. guess, divorces or the separations.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and the important piece here is that there's no right or wrong in okay. any, you know, so society says, oh, you shouldn't do this. You, you should. should wait right.
2: a year to get yes, in a relationship. Or, or exactly. Do all your healing, you know. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so there's no right way. There's no wrong way. But you got to do what's right for you. And, yeah, we had people tell us, oh, well, you know, this is a rebound relationship and you guys are crazy and all like that. But, uh, well, you know, we're on year 23. So it's working out. Okay. Okay. So far.
2: And it's an attitude that you're going to listen to one another and do things differently and open your heart to one another. So when you have that, it doesn't matter how much time. That makes sense. You know, so Uh, that's. That's what I, happens. Yeah, you know, the
0: harmony. The harmony is there. You know, compatibility and you know all those things. And of course, the mindset has to be there. Yeah. How do you say so you struggle with uh, weight and financial, emotional issues? Has she helped you with that, or how's that going now?
1: Well, I, I think that certainly she helps me with everything. But what I've found is that you know, sort and it also depends on you know the definition of struggle. It's like you know, d- you know, how does that get in the way of life? You know what's your life experience like? Right. Right. Yeah, I weigh more than probably what the uh, weight tables say you should. Right. And uh, I think a lot in of the past, uh, in the past, in the past, financial things may have been an issue. Yes. And my life is really good. And that's the thing that people sometimes don't see is that our story. I you know, I, I call it we get stuck in the shoulds. Hmm. Yes. I should weigh less, I should have more money. Uh, my wife should do this, I should do that. And then when you settle into what's good about the present moment, what's wonderful now? There's going to be always going to be things that you're going to want to change about yourself. And sometimes those things change. sometimes they don't. But the, you know it, it really is important to look at what is going on right now, in the present moment, that's the key.
2: Yes. And a challenge for me has been, or was, not trying to change him,
1: yes.
2: because he obviously, I mean, he has eaten differently than I have. Yeah. And I would have a struggle inside and say, oh, he's got to eat these nutritious foods and yes. all this and that. And I had to just give it all up.
0: Right, so let him it, be himself. I mean, you can guide him a little bit in healthy Yeah. Things. Right. But you're not trying to control his ways. Exactly. Now you guys do talk about magic relationship words, which is kind of a cool thing to think about. Uh, you have some pretty good programs I noticed on your site, teach people uh, all these love and relationship skills. So that's kind of nice. What are the words you need to say? For example, let's say someone says to the other, you never listen to me, you're a jerk. What's the magic word that you can say to that person that has that
1: angry attitude? Well, if somebody said, you never listen to me. The, you're a jerk. You, <laughs> you're, you're a jerk. Well, first of all, I probably would do nothing in that moment.
0: Oh, okay, because you would be um, angry, and, and in return to
1: what she said to you. Well, you got to start tuning into: is what that other person's saying is that true?
2: Mm. Even is, part of it. it you, know, you know, so you
1: got to see: is that true? Are you? Know, is from there, their
2: point of view? From to, their point to, of yeah,
1: view. Yeah. And so, one thing you certainly you so there's. What you don't want to do is you don't want to get into the, uh, what we'll call the gotcha game. Well, you're a jerk too. You're a blah, blah, blah. Right. So then you've got war. So what I might say, as far as a, you know, if you're talking about the magic relationship words, I mean, if I'm in a really good space and I'm clear that there's a part of what they might be saying might be true, I might be acting like a jerk in that moment. Mm. I might even say something to them like, well, tell me more about that. Right. So kind of a curiosity. Tell you know, me
0: In, more. A, in Aikido, yeah. the martial arts, you yeah. kind of diffuse people by joining their energy. So you might say, I, yeah. say that, I see that you're te- you're thinking that I'm a jerk and sometimes I do that. But of course, most of the time people are angry. I mean, if they say that to you, you're probably going to get angry back. Right, Otto? So you would take a timeout kind of thing? Would
2: you go work out? Yeah, or time, or, definitely. You know? Timeouts. Time if, if you yeah. are finding yourself elevated in your emotions, that's not the time to talk. Yes, exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's just common sense that we forget. And what I help my coaching clients do is see, okay, is your defense, when you start defending yourself, does that get you what you want? Good point. And I mean, I have coaching clients who do a two and a half hour back and forth, gotcha thing. I see. And. That's pretty you know, it,
0: they, they, they escalate the, it the is. anger
2: it yeah. is and that, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's so you've got to see, oh, wait a minute, that isn't getting me what I want. Mm-hmm. exactly. because Gottman so talked I, about
0: diffusers. Gottman, the marriage psychologist, he says maybe a, a humor or something or something that you say that can kind of diffuse that. among some couples, you know couples that are happily satisfied. They have something like their own inner intercommunication when things <laughs> get really heated. Now, the other well, thing I want to talk to you about, and this is kind of this, uh, along the lines, is you say to be an ally instead of an adversary with your partner. And, you know, the honeymoon stage, everything they say makes you laugh. And then later on, everything they say makes you angry. For some couples, unfortunately, the conflict. And I think, Susie, you were even saying that in your first marriage, you were kind of critical with your husband. And then you started being critical to Otto. Mm-hmm. And then you asked yourself, am I going to be as critical to my best girlfriend as I am to him? And yes. you said you wouldn't be that way because you would be more accepting. But then I was thinking, shouldn't you be more highly expectations for your husband? Shouldn't he have a higher standard to treat you a certain way than your girlfriend is say?
2: Not necessarily. And you know, when when you really stop and drop into, this person is a person I love, and this person is my friend. And I don't need to be critical here. I need to find out more of why he or she feels that way. And and drop into a place of love.
0: Hmm. What were you Uh, critical about uh, to Otto? Obviously, he's like a wonderful guy. he is a wonderful guy. (laughs) (laughs) Is he he a little bit messy or something, or leaves uh, stuff around
2: the house? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there there were. Yeah, yeah. When when we got together, now he's much better now. But he had piles disease. You know, know. piles. (laughs) Yeah, piles. Okay. And and you know just things that that I wasn't used to. Okay. And okay. and every I'm I'm any couple has right. different ways of doing things. Like yes. like who's who's going to wash the dishes, you know, after a meal, or right. how do you prepare a meal, or you know, and and these are all things to not be critical of and be okay with differences. Right. I think that was one of the biggest things that we we, we had, had to learn exactly. was. Oh, you are so different from me. Yes. Oh, okay. What can I learn from you?
0: Yeah. I right, because that kind of really uh, correlates with uh, the work I do with love types. I wrote a best-selling book called Myers-Briggs, Compatibility and Personality Types. And you guys talk about love through differences, which is actually a very uh, fascinating concept. Because in the love types approach, we talk about the dating masquerade. You know, people have on a mask when they first meet each other, and they try to impress each other. So the introvert person may want to go out a lot and seem like they're an extrovert, and the extrovert may want to stay in. But then once you get comfortable with the marriage, then they revert to their typical styles, <laughs> and then they have conflict sometimes if they don't respect each other. And the other problem is that and initially you might be attracted to the opposite, you know, the complementary style. For example, the external energy, extrovert person uh, gets the person out of the house who's introvert, and the introvert calms you down. But then you start to argue about those things that you uh, apparently liked. <laughs> now, I, I, have, I have a feeling you're an extrovert, and uh, you're more introverted, Otto. Is that correct in the energies?
1: I, I think I've trained myself to be an extrovert.
0: you trained to be, okay. But your internal energy, where you get your energy is inside.
1: introvert by nature. Yes, definitely. And, right. you know, if, if you've been trained in all this, you know that yes. the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is yes. how you, um, so an introvert gets energy. They feel yes. more power, more passion, more excitement, more life. Internally. You know. Internally, the external—you know—they're the life of the party, and they—they they feel better, you know, all like that. I'm—I'm um, I'm an introvert by nature. Yes, but- Susie, so you're an extrovert by nature. Would you say?
2: No,
0: no, oh. I'm an introvert. Oh, okay. Oh, you're compatible. Okay, because uh, yeah. you, you come off as kind of like very excitable at the moment. Oh, and I am excitable, but. <laughs> <Okay>. but, <laughs> but I mean, you probably get burned out after a period of time as an introvert, right? You got to recharge your batteries.
2: Right, right, and I love the one-on-one.
0: Okay, interesting. Because uh, that's one issue that, you know, people that are a little bit different, like you said, they try to change a person or they don't accept them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's another example, for example, in the Myers-Briggs, you may have heard there's a spontaneous and the structured person. And uh, the structured person likes to organize and schedules and the other person spontaneous. That's you. Okay, I can see. that. It
2: is spontaneous. Yes.
0: And actually, I can say that. And you told me about the story where you wanted to create a budget for a project or something and then he oh. didn't like it because <sighs> you felt limited about it. And you said you're a librarian or something and you like budgets and stuff like that. So tell us about that story. How did that work out?
2: Oh, oh, that yeah. Well, that was one of the points where we really hit heads early on and yes. and because we had started our business together. Yes. And to me, being a library director, I, I got a yearly budget that I could spend on books or yes. whatever, right. which was wonderful. It's like Christmas. Yes. And yes. so budgets meant nothing. And when I would bring it up to Otto, He'd like go, <laughs> and, and, and I couldn't figure it out okay. until until I listened. Hmm. So as long as I was critical, well, why aren't you paying attention to this? Why can't we do this? As long as I was critical, I couldn't right. hear what what was on his yes. mind.
0: And, Aldo, you felt that you were being constrained by the budget? It was like too limiting or something? What was your idea about it?
1: Well, I, you know, we... Um, Every single one of us, we make up a meaning about what certain words mean. We do that with every word that comes into our life. I had a different meaning about the word budget than she did. And now I'm not triggered at all by the word budget.
2: You
1: know? and, and here's the important thing, I think, about all this stuff that we're talking about. We're talking about you know Myers-Briggs. You know, we've studied the Enneagram extensively. All of that stuff's the personality which is after, you know, after the, you know, after the physical form, when you drop down into the soul level, that is where the deep, rich, spiritual soul connection is. That's what we're talking about that's always there. You're gonna clash at the personality level. right? But if your desire is to connect at a deeper level and you keep going back to that of where you really truly connect, that is where the magic is in love and in relationships. Everybody, everybody disconnects from time to time. We're all different.
0: Definitely. And you talk about the connection point. Uh, you mentioned the gratitude uh, patrol where you find things you're grateful for about your partner, and things you like about them. And then, you know, focus on the accentuate the positive. And there used to be something called the Losada ratio where they say like say five good things for every one negative, which uh, predicts a successful relationship. But the problem is people do the other way around. They say five negative things for every positive. So they might say, like, you're a lousy lover. You're a terrible parent. You're uh, dumb and disorganized, but you make good enchiladas. So obviously, you know, they're not going to be happy with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but if you're a virtue, you say um, you're a great lover. You're a great spouse. You're smart. You're wonderful. But you're a little bit messier around the house. I mean, you know, that might be okay. They're a little better, right? So, uh, So how do you guys do that? How do you guys find the positives at all times as much as you can
1: with your partner? Well, number one, you look for them. (laughs) Uh, So you look for them. And if you are conscious about what, so it all goes back to what is your desire for your relationship with this person? And if your desire is to have a terrible relationship, if your desire is to have conflict, yeah, go ahead, have at it. You know, tell them how awful they are, you know, five times compared to how uh, amazing they are once. So it depends on what you're interested in. And, you know, I've been the other way in a relationship where things were not that great. And I've been in a relationship now with Susie where it's pretty amazing and that is what we do is we focus on the good, the beautiful and what we love, like and appreciate about each other. And that's not to say that there's not conflict or not things that, you know, you or know thoughts, we, that
2: come in. thoughts that
1: come in, <laughs> but that's where the focus is. And that's where people kind of, you know, get it. You know, people think that if you're in a relationship with somebody uh, that you're you know, married to or in a committed relationship, they think that's a license to beat the other person up and right. to find fault with them constantly. We're trying to change them. Oh, to, yeah, to that's
2: lives. the big deal. Yeah. I can make you better.
1: <laughs> yes, that's the idea, especially after, <laughs> which is very hard.
0: Now, you say something, Susie, interesting. You say that you want to have an attitude of curiosity about the person that you're with. You know, I mean, they may be different from you, uh, their personality or their style. And the idea is to have more of a, I guess, an empathetic idea. So it's not just how how are you wrong, but what can I learn from you? Uh, mm-hmm. You say it's very important. And one thing you say, I think, is uh, tell me more about that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's, kind that's, of what, of the, that's the magic words. The
0: magic words. <laughs> oh, hey, we got them. Okay. Tell yeah. me more. And uh, we had Hendrix on the show. Have you heard of Harold Hendrix and Helen Hunt, mm-hmm. a married couple? So they talk about reflective listening, like repeating kind of back what the person said and then say, tell me more about it. I mean, it's a very calculated approach, but does that work? Or are people's emotions too violent to, or caught up in that?
2: Well, what I found, especially with coaching clients and for, with me, you know, yeah. with Otto, right. when, when I just stop and say, can you tell me a little bit more about that? You know, like like a, a practical example is we yeah. have a workbench in our garage and it piles up. Mm. and Okay, uh-oh. <laughs> It's right <laughs> I used to like to go out to um, yard sales yeah. and bring things back and and I'd say can instead of saying oh, why are you bringing something back again you know we don't have room right. It's like, oh, can you tell me more about what your idea is about this you know what what how you want to use it yes. or
1: what is it? So instead of making me wrong, she's right. she's exploring, she's wanting to find out, oh, wow. maybe I really do have a plan for this, yeah. maybe I don't.
0: Exactly. So it's kind of a place of love where you're willing to yeah. really appreciate, understand. So uh, one of my definitions of love is a deep understanding and embracement of another as yourself, which is really kind of an empathetic approach, which is uh, maybe rare for some people but it's kind of a very powerful idea, right? That you really want to truly understand and, and embrace their differences. Sure. And of course, uh, you know, find the similarities as well. But you also mentioned something, Otto and Susie, that what if there's a huge difference that may be a deal breaker? So what if one partner wants children desperately, the other one does not, not even adopt? Uh, or there are maybe two separate religions that really conflict. What do you do in those cases? I know you mentioned you're different political or something like that, political styles, which maybe that's, I know couples can tolerate that, but what could be a huge difference that doesn't work? as far as you know, that, you know, maybe they can not stay together.
1: Well, the only time that something doesn't work is when it's a true deal breaker and the people aren't interested in stopping, slowing it down, and listening for their inner wisdom to shine through. Because we all have an inner wisdom that always is there, always available to us, that will guide us and help us come up with the best answers in any life situation, including conflict in relationships. I, I
0: don't want, I, I want to have children no matter what. And no, no, you don't. Are we going to get the worst Otto? Uh,
1: I would say that let's, let's talk about this. Let's, I want kids. Us. I don't want to talk about it. I want kids. So what, what do you say to that Susie? So uh, I, I want to, I want to address this just for a second <laughs> before we go to Susie. And that is that I want to slow it down. That's what any couple should do in a situation like that. Um, Pema Chodron once said in one of her recordings that we listened to, don't bite the hook. Hmm. Don't bite the hook. That's one of the worst things you can do in an emotionally charged conversation. Don't bite the hook. And what that means is, wait, slow it down, and then talk about it together. Find out what they want, find out what you want, and find out if there's another alternative that could be even better. Okay, let's say it's been five years
0: we've been talking about this auto, no resolution, now what?
1: You have to find out if it's truly a deal deal breaker.
0: Okay, so if, could, could it be a deal breaker though, at some point, is it possible? It,
1: it, it, it is possible. Cab, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, my husband and I, first husband, I was married for thirty years. Yes. And and it it was that we both knew that, okay, our time together was done. Okay. It was it we both wanted different things. Yes. And so it was a it was a loving, natural break. Yes. There was no, you know, no hard feelings, no it was just time. And so people Um, You're using the, the, I want to have kids and you don't, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. example. And there reaches a point where both people know. They'll know. Mm. Okay, it's time now.
0: Right. It sounds like you're pretty optimistic, both of you, in terms of saving the marriages overall.
1: If somebody wants to save a marriage, they absolutely can. The key is, what is your commitment to? Is your commitment to uh, keeping yourself separated, distant, and uh, presenting the other person as the enemy, someone to fight against? Or is your true desire right. to build the relationship into something as special, as loving, and as beautiful as it can be? So it depends on your true intention. If you want to build something special, you absolutely can. You got to want it. I see. Because originally, I think uh,
0: there's someone in the political world um, who supports one uh, candidate strongly; the other one doesn't, and uh, you know they can get into a lot of problems with that uh, mm-hmm. within themselves, right? But you think uh, you can yep. work it out, you know, in that sense?
1: Yeah. I mean.
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of division now,
1: of yeah, course. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, what's going on. I mean, yeah, Susie likes dark chocolate, and I like milk chocolate. <laughs>
0: Right, so you that's know, okay, right? That, that, yeah, You don't fight about that's it. That's okay.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was a time that there was, a like one particular candidate that I liked and Susie didn't. Yes. And, uh, you know, she at one time tried to change me about that and <laughs> talk to me about that. And it's like, I'll vote for whoever I want. But that doesn't change my love for you.
0: That makes sense. That's us not now, mean the unconditional love kind of thing. Now, I mean, here's the idea. Uh, you know, within uh, humans and animals, we can see unconditional love. Uh, we can see it between a parent and a child, but we may not see it in adult re- human relationships. Uh, do you think it's possible to have this love without expectation, unconditional love? And do we need to have that in adult relationships?
2: Well, I think you need to have unconditional love for yourself. Okay, number one. Yourself first. Yes. And then you you'll you'll know, you'll know you know, and and what. What happens may not look like unconditional love for somebody else. (laughs) If that love for you says, Mm. "Mm, you know, it's time to move on. That makes sense. And it it may not look like unconditional love, but it is.
0: Mm. So you do believe that? I mean, some people are cynical about it, and some people believe it it can be done, uh, having this unconditional love for your mates, you know, so we say. What do you think, uh, Otto? Is it possible? So uh,
1: so it depends on your definition of unconditional love. So if your definition of unconditional love is, I'm going to love you no matter what, I'm going to stay with you forever no matter what, right. uh, I'm never going to try to change you, I, you know, whatever comes my way is going to be perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, that's unconditional love. The, most people uh, can't and won't do that.
2: Because we're human.
1: Okay, so I think it is <laughs> difficult. Okay, spiritually you can do it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Possible, but but yeah. we in the human form, most people aren't willing to do it. You know you. what we call unconditional love uh, right. for most people is really um, I'm going to love you unconditionally as long as you do what I want.
0: Exactly. Well, I'm, thinking <laughs> out, <laughs> I'm thinking of the political example. You know, Kellyanne Cottonway, right, who's advisor to the president. Uh, looks like she was getting a divorce. Her husband was totally against the you know, the president. And then she had to resign her post, and uh, I think her daughter wanted to run away or something like that because of the conflict in America. That'll get your attention, won't
1: it? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that'll get your attention.
0: So what do you think of that? Is that some kind of irreconcilable difference in that case? What do you think if someone has those extreme
1: views from each other? Here's the thing. We can never know what's going on inside the four walls inside their house. We can only know what's going on and what's being presented in the media, which may or may not be true but based right. on what you just said which i've also seen in the media right. um, if my child was going to run away because mom and dad were never there and they were at odds with each other that would get my attention and i probably would quit my job too
0: okay cuz you do have unconditional love for your daughter i would imagine right for your child typically speaking you know parents yeah, absolutely yes now the other thing is uh, okay here's one true or false you don't ha- need to have you, do, you don't need to work on your relationship and part two of that is Lasting love is not a goal, but you say moment by moment, love is. So tell us about those two mm-hmm. things. Those are interesting things. Uh, it's kind of going against the typical viewpoint. So yeah. do you have to work yeah, on things yeah. or is it natural?
2: Oh, oh, work, work, work looks like it's hard yes. work. Right. <laughs> we have to strain and and strain, you know. Yes. No. So you don't we have to work found, on We found just the opposite. Wow. When you calm down. And, and you allow things to settle, that's not work. Wow.
1: And it also depends on your definition of work. You know, is it work to open your heart to your beloved when you're tempted to lash out at them in anger? Is it harder to do that or is it harder to get divorced? Uh, you know, it, it depends on your definition of hard work. Is it uh, harder to say yes to going out and having a nice dinner when you may be tired, or is it easier to stay disconnected and keep your heart closed to them? Right. So it so depends on long term versus short term,
0: right? So short term might be easier, but the long term is going to hurt you more if you don't well, communicate it, and
1: do those things. It can even be painful in the short term.
0: Mm, good point. And, uh, and you don't believe in lasting love,
1: I guess you're saying, right? Well, the, the whole idea of lasting love is... Unquote, lasting love,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, lasting love is when you have love one moment at a time that then goes on for a long uh, period of time.
0: Okay. Right, so, <laughs> so you say it's a byproduct of your everyday kind of love, the lasting love.
2: Yeah, because what we found is that people lose themselves as the years go on and they may still be married but they have lost their connection. And when you really focus on connecting one moment at a time, you don't lose that. I mean, it can it can evaporate for just short period of time, but yes. but you don't lose that. Definitely. One
0: thing I really love about your work is you have this uh, phrase that kind of goes through it, and it is be love. We say be love. And you're talking about yes. from the first hello to the last goodbye as you leave the earth with your uh, mate. And you also say, Mm -hmm. love yourself. And we talk about this love universally. Love yourself, others, and a higher nature. So loving yourself in an authentic way. And as you speak to your beloved, you remember that they're your beloved, right? They're not just some person you're talking to, but they're a special, (laughs) like I said, soul-connected person. You also say, is it what I'm about to say? Bring me closer or apart from my soulmate or my mate? Yeah. Tell us a little about be loved. That's a beautiful concept.
2: Well, to me, it's just showing up in every moment. It's something as simple as when if you're apart during the day which a lot of people aren't apart now <laughs> they're, they're gathered. <laughs> but actually look at the person in the in their right. eyes I, yes. yeah okay. and say look
0: at each other I, right now in your eyes
2: i yeah. know tell yeah. me uh, w- what, do what do you see what do you see in
0: his eyes right now
2: yeah oh i see love
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know what
2: he's in her eyes
1: She's totally beautiful in all ways. Wow. And, wow. and there's a spark and there's a passion there. I mean, I know her at a deeper level than than uh, I believe anybody. Of course. And I see below just wow. the Susie that we see.
0: That's beautiful. So you'll see to the soul, right? The eyes into the soul. And part of that, I think, is empathy. And that's something that people don't really talk a lot about in this kind of things. You know, Empathy, putting yourself in their shoes, seeing their world through their eyes. And you know the, the newlywed game? You may have heard about that one, the TV show. Mm-hmm. I think it's still going on. And they ask people, what is your partner like? And a lot of people don't even know what they like. So they don't really know them that well. But you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, knowing your partner very well, you're saying, like going deep within. That's an important part of what you're saying. To ask them questions yeah. you know, and, and get to know them.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, I have, I have women who come to me for coaching that their partner is very closed and, and won't, you know, say a lot of these things that you're yes. talking about, won't talk. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And when we really get down to it, it's that there are missed opportunities that happen mm-hmm. because they happen fast. Because a lot of times the the woman and I know I'm stereotyping, but this is you know a lot of what I've seen is right. very verbal, mm-hmm. and and she's talking and well, right. what do you think about that? Hmm. And he's not saying much of anything. Right. So so it's calming down and allowing the space for him or her to. To actually answer you and talk.
0: Yes, definitely. And
2: and, and when there's one little thing that, that he or she says, jump in there and say, Oh, can you tell me a little bit more about that?
0: Definitely. But you know, one of the hardest things for people to do, especially if they're the feeling personality, is not take it personally to be more non reactive. And you strike me as a feeler, Susie. Is that right? Are you an emotional mm-hmm. kind of person? Yeah. I mean, you're more of a logical person, Otto. You're a
1: thinker personality. Uh, I'm both, actually. Okay. So I, I feel at a very deep level. Are oh, you serious? No and I also, I also think things through Logically at a deeper speaking. level. Okay. Yeah, Because,
0: you know, you do have the thinking versus feeling dynamic. And sometimes, you know, one-third of males are feelers and one-third of females are thinkers. So it can go two ways. But I remember you are saying that at one time he was doing some kind of computer repair work. And he was speaking to you in a harsh tone, Susie. You took it personally, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, a do that, right? Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then you ask yourself... Let me be curious about him. You know, why is he reacting? And you realize that he was, I guess, insecure about the work he was doing. And then Yeah, when I gave him
2: the space to actually delve into that himself, instead of me saying, don't use that tone of the voice with me, which is what happens. Okay. And we jump on it, we get defensive. And when I, I, I don't know why, but I just slowed it down. And okay, you know, Just, I'm just curious why, what were you thinking of in that moment? And that gave him the space to consider, oh, I'm feeling insecure here.
0: Yes. Well, the thing is, uh, that's nice to say, but what if you're a feeler? See, feeling people take everything personally. You say, "Don't take it personally," but that's their nature. You're talking like a logical way to pull back, but how do you do it? You know, you're hurt as a feeler, so how do you get to that point of view where you can be so logical about it? Well,
2: what you got to get you got to get past that practice and see. Mm-hmm. Well, did that do me any good ah. to react like that? I mean, really?
0: <laughs> okay. But it kind of felt good to to yell at him a little bit. Didn't it feel good to yell at him? I mean, like in a negative excitement way at the beginning.
2: Because then he, no, then he got angry.
0: okay. Even angrier. So immediately he got angry too, okay.
1: So so this goes right back to the core of, is what I'm doing going to bring me closer to or further (laughs) from what it is I want? Exactly. But that's, because, the, that's the place you come back to. Yes. Because, no, there is what we call negative
0: excitement. There's a little thrill when you get angry. Have you noticed that? A little bit of vengeance. You know, there's that little bit, which is short term, right? And it obviously, it's going to hurt you long term. But a lot of yeah, people yeah, don't, it's, it's a, it's a, a
1: real thrill when you pay that, when you write that check to the divorce attorney. Well,
0: there you go. Exactly. Or something, that, uh, something breaks have the law. a it. bigger one. You <laughs> know, exactly.
1: that, that's a big thrill. Right,
0: right. But people need to sacrifice that negative initial, you know, whatever it is, the what up, one upmanship, right? To be able to say, what is a long term benefit, like you're saying? Uh, being calmer
1: and more more peaceful. So I see it also as a short-term benefit. How can we stay in love in this moment?
2: Even though we're triggered.
1: Yes. So how can we get play- back to a place of love and connection?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. So one of the things I really found in my world is this moment, this is what keeps our connection alive. And for the people that really stay connected over the long term, more often than not, they're looking at, how can I stay connected? How can I love you in this moment? Mm, I like because that. here's what I've found, yes, is yes, this yes, moment yes. is all we ever have. This, this, moment, yes. this moment. Exactly. That's beautiful. That's yeah. And when you Absolutely. take your focus off of that, right. you're
0: gone. I mean, yes. Love moment by moment <laughs> is a beautiful, I think mean, I like that. That's kind of almost an Eastern approach. But, you know, looking at the power of now, which is a uh, mm-hmm. powerful now, the other thing is, what if you are so loving and kind and sensitive and they abuse that? You mentioned the term doormat. They treat you very poorly. So should you redirect your energy somewhere else, loving energy? Or how do you deal with that part of it? When you're dealing with someone who's maybe even abusive to you?
2: Well, this goes back to loving yourself. Ah. And and I have, you know, coached women who are in this kind of situation. Yes. And and it it is loving yourself because yes. you have to see... Oh wait a minute. I don't need to be treated like this. I'm worth more than that. Definitely.
1: You have to be clear about your own boundaries. What is love? You know, what is loving to you? What's wow. what's the most loving act you can do? You would not put up with that from somebody, you know, you wouldn't, you know, if you your own self-talk was that, you would recognize, well, this is not a good idea. It's also not a good idea to put up with negative, nasty self-talk from somebody else, even if it's somebody else that claims to love you.
0: That's pretty powerful. Some people end up with what we call codependence or other people that are vulnerable to try to rescue the other person, but that's not being loving to yourself.
1: So you're hurting mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, and it's thing. never a good idea to rescue somebody else. That that never that <laughs> never works out. <laughs>
0: this is wonderful stuff. I mean, I really loved having you guys on the show so far, and I can see you're a very loving couple. Uh, you're kind of almost a yin and yang. I see two different energies, but it's very complementary. Yeah. You got the certain spark, and then you're know, very thoughtful and very deep and spiritual ways, which is
1: kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we love being on your show. Thanks for yeah. inviting us. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and I'll, I'm going to say two things that I think summarize some of your work, and maybe you can add a third one. So Absolutely. first of all, it is be love which is internal, right? You love, you are loving. Love in every moment. I need one more. Tell me one more that summarizes your work.
1: Well, I think the thing that summarizes our work more than anything is love is your nature. That's who we are at our core, at our depth. And the only thing that ever gets in the way of that is what we mistakenly believe in a moment we make real. That's all that's ever going on is just what we're believing in the moment and a lot of times that takes us away from the love, but we can always come back to that as our core. Love is our nature. That is something you can't get away from.
0: Yeah. So I can see the three parts. Now, love is our nature is recognition. Then be love is the action. And then mm-hmm. love in every moment is a reaction. So I think we can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. you. Well, uh, now I'd love to hear more about Now, where can people hear more about you? Do You guys are doing coaching and, and tapes. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do and your website.
1: You can go to our website, suzieandotto.com, S-U-S-I-E-A-N-D-O-T-T-O.com. Ton of free resources there on our website. We've got a a blog that's got hundreds of articles on it. We've just started a podcast a short while back, so we've got quite a few podcast episodes that we've started. YouTube, you can find us uh, on YouTube, a lot of videos there. So we do coaching. We've got books, courses, programs. And we're just trying to make a difference in our corner of the world. And uh, so if there's something about what we've said, hopefully the folks will reach out to us and uh, tap into more of what we're offering.
0: Definitely. Tell us the website one more time, Otto and Susie.
1: The, the website. Susie and Otto. Yeah, it's S-U-S-I-E-A-N-D-O-T-T-O.com. Okay. Susie and okay,
0: Great. We'll love to have you on again and Love University and the future and talk more about hmm. these great topics. Until next time, thanks to you guys for being on the show. And love energy to you guys as well for a wonderful marriage.
2: Thank you. Thank you much. Thanks. Blessings thanks. and love to you.
0: Bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. And that was our interview with Susie and Otto, a married couple that does relationship coaching and helps many people find love in their relationships. And that idea that first you recognize that love is your nature, be love, and then be loving in every moment. So that actually is a wonderful philosophy. And I believe anyone that does that, and you Love University students, I suggest you practice that this week. To recognize that you have loving energy inside you, a loving nature, you can become that externally. And also you can do that in every moment that you're with a love partner or anyone else that you come into contact with. Again, if you want to contact us on Love University, you want to be on the show, you have a question, you can reach us at loveuniversity.love, 310-226-8090, and loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. We're starting a love type matching program where you can actually come on the show and find your compatible soulmate based on the love types approach and meeting the right kind of person for you and if you want to follow us you can do so on twitter instagram at love letter podcast like this on facebook at love university podcast and of course subscribe to us on Podbeam, itunes spotify and soundcloud this is dr alex avias so love university students please put away your notebook your ipads your phones and we'll see you next time love university